Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Yeah, I know I started, got my first dog there a couple of years ago and I've and, uh, been hunting Catahoulas here the last little while. Um, and uh, yeah, I really took off of the breed. Um, they're they're quite quite good dogs. And yeah, I've hunted lots up and around the Rockies of Alberta and uh, uh, for lions mostly in here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, peek out into BC once in a while for bobcat lynx. And uh, yeah, so I've been running, running dogs for a few years and uh usually treat close to a little over 20 cats a year this year i'm going to try and get a few more okay. um a few more lions anyway mm-hmm. you said that uh, you've, you've been running dogs for a few years so i'm going to take a guess and say that you weren't raised this raised up running dogs and uh so what started you you know running, do- running dogs um, on cats yeah no i never never grew up with uh, hounds or nothing like that uh i i grew up around cow dogs um and blue healers mostly and uh and yeah, I was 15 and, and started looking around and, and I, uh, started seeing some stuff about coyote decoy dogs and kind of started doing some research on that sort of thing and, and, uh, saw about doing that and, and so found a breeder down in Oregon and, and got my first dog and, uh, and yeah, she was a Catahoula. She had a little bit of chemical in her, okay. um, and, uh, probably about, I guess four generations back, they mixed in a little bit of camera, but other than that, it was all purebred Catahoulas. And, uh, he was using them for coyote decoy dogs, running on the trap lines and, uh, mm-hmm. tree and bears, cats, all that stuff back in the day. And, and, uh, oh. cows and, and real versatile stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I went down there and, and picked up my first pup at, and, uh, got her up here and, and started working with her a bit and stuff and, and come to find out that, uh, in Alberta, they, they'd outlawed uh, hunting coyotes with any way with dogs there a handful of years ago. So, of course. So, started trying to figure out what I was going to do with her at that point. And uh, a guy I knew, he had a few coon hounds and stuff, and I knew he was running cats. And I thought, well, maybe I'll I'll start trying to do that a little bit. And, and uh, yeah, I was, never had any help from anyone trying to get into it there up here anyway there's a lot of hounds that are pretty hush hush and, and don't want to help out any, anyone new into the sport mm-hmm. and uh so i just started going and, and trial and error and and uh yeah eventually i was out wandering around the hill just going for a hike with her and she was just a little over a year old and uh i was hiking up a trail and got up this ridge and and sat down and uh taking a break and she ran down below and, and started barking and and uh yeah, so I thought that she was just barking at a squirrel or something and <laughs> normal puppy things. And yeah. and uh, so I just sat there for a bit and she came back up and she kept on turning around growling behind us. And I was like, well, go get it. And she took off like a shot out of hell and burnt down the trail. And, and so I ran down there and there was a cat track. And, <laughs> and so I followed it. And she, she got treed up and so I gave mom and dad a phone call and they brought out a gun for me and we went out there and, and so she kept the lion treed by herself or I'd be running back and forth trying to find my parents and get service and stuff. And she kept the cat treed by herself. It jumped twice and kept it treed other than that for probably about an hour and a half before we finally got in there and, and got killed. And, uh, as I was walking out with it after, um, about 
40 yards from the trail I'd walked in on that it had a kill in the bushes. And, uh, so it, it followed me up the, through the trees there for probably, probably about three or 400 yards. Wow. <laughs> My dog ended up sniffing it out there and, and, uh, yeah, so ended up getting the, the female lion with her and, uh, yeah, I, was, I really kicked it off. I was, I was hooked after that. <laughs> yeah. I'd but, say so. Yeah. But yeah, so I've just been hunting with her and, and, uh, yeah, she's, she's four years old now. So she's, she's getting into her prime and, and yeah, she's real solid dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then bought a couple of coon hounds after so I could start running on my own a little bit more with more dogs than just one. And, and, uh, got a couple of coon hounds and, and started hunting lots. And, uh, yeah, I was just in the hills every chance I could get. Yeah. And uh, COVID really helped me out with that because <laughs> I wasn't in school for that. So I <laughs> I started hunting a lot. And, uh, yeah, so I, I hunted there for a season with two coon hounds and her. And, and I started getting out with a few other guys here and there. And, yeah, uh, yeah and then last, about, well, I guess it's been about a year and a bit ago now, um, bought another Catahoula out of Iowa and a and, uh, little stud dog and, and started putting him on cats last year and, and yeah, he's tearing it up right now too. He's he's a two year old now, and and yeah, just put him on the trail, and you know you're gonna get a mm-hmm. cat up the tree somewhere. So awesome. Um, yeah. Now you said you bought some coon hounds. What what kind of coon hounds did you get? Um, I got I bought a Treen Walker. She was a three year old, um, partially started dog. Um, the first set it started a little more than it was, but that was all right with me. <laughs> I didn't. I had the time and <laughs> and wanted. To, work them anyway so um got her all figured out and then a good friend of mine her dad just had an old four-year-old blue tick there um in the yard and he ended up passing away and and uh dogs started roaming a little more and stuff like a coonhound does and and uh yeah so they asked by water i said well see what she does and mm-hmm. and took a little while to break her off the deer and the moose and the elk <laughs> and everything else that she was used to chasing but yeah, yeah now she put her on track and she's just cold nosed dog just old blue tick out and she just nice. she'll just run all day <laughs> but yeah now because i am very ignorant of uh geography that's not the united states like what's the terrain like up there um so where i'm at i'm in southern alberta about pretty well about two and a half three hours from the border um right on the west side into the rockies close to bc um so we got everything from foothills and willow bush all the way up to big mountains with big timber and and big cliffs and stuff so um i'm in a pretty good spot where we got a lot of game of all sorts right close um so yeah it's it's pretty gnarly country um you get cats treed up in big willow red willow bush and then you get cats cliffed up and and yeah so you get a little mix of everything that's awesome yeah yeah talk to some people that are in the mountains, and I've talked to some people that are kind of like on the foothills of the plains that are, so, you know, kind of yep. both ends of it. Uh, I don't know too many guys that hunt both, though, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's not a whole lot, especially up here in Canada. There's a handful of guys that uh, have a couple of Catahoulas or some Catahoula crosses. Um, but other than that, there's there's not a whole lot of guys that, especially for cats and bears. Oh. Um there's not a whole lot of guys that run them for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like them lots. I'm in, I have a litter of pups right now on the ground out of my two dogs. 
and uh, keeping a couple of them out uh, for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, next goal in the next little while, next year or two, I'll probably end up selling my two coon hounds. Love the coon hounds, but they're just a little more work. And, and I use my catahoulas year round instead of just for a season here and there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know we, I guide all, all year as well for all sorts of game. And like this Yukon, this Yukon trip this summer, um, I had my female up there with me. And uh, so she was up with me as a, as a bear protection dog and, and just okay. a companion dog rolling around with me. And uh, yeah, so she is keeping grizzlies out of camp and that sort of thing. Nice. Um, yeah. That's the one thing like I find awesome about the Catahoulas is that they're still very versatile where a lot of the other cur breeds, while that was the original purpose, they've been very bred down to a specific, you know, especially like mountain curs are, are more squirrel dogs than anything. And yeah, and, exactly. and I say most Catahoulas, I mean, as a whole are more of a bay dog, cow dog than a hunting dog, but they're still versatile enough and they'll, they're still smart enough to pick it up. And obviously, yeah. if, if if that's what you really pursue, I mean, they can do it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Catahoulas, they're, they're one of those breeds that they haven't been overbred yet. Um, so they're, they're real true to their nat- their original um, breeding to be a versatile dog. Um, and yeah, like they're, they're, they're unreal, like just completely different thought process with them dogs and anything else I've had to deal with there. They're stubborn and <laughs> they'll think on their own way more than anything, but they, they're smart about everything. Like it's, you can, I could take my, especially my female, I've worked with her a lot and I could take her out and I could tell her whether we're hunting a bobcat, a lynx or a lion or a bear. And, and I've watched her stick her nose in a bear track and, and keep on going if we we're looking for cats. And, and it's wow. just, they're, they're real smart. They, they know what you want to do and, and uh, they start picking up on that. Like if they know they're hunting what, they're going to go hunt that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I use mine moving cows off and on as well. And same thing, we could be moving cows and there could be a cat track and they're not going to touch that cat track unless I tell them to. Mm-hmm. That's impressive but, now. I mean, just that they're that smart and that yeah. level. And... Yeah, I know it's, it's real neat. And, and like right now I have my two running around out in the yard and, and they don't go nowhere. Like I've had habits before where something will come into the yard and, and they'll run it four or 500 yards and then they'll come back home. Mm-hmm. And, but if I told them to go get it, they'd be trailing it until they caught it sort of thing. But yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Now what's cat hunting like in, as far as like laws in Canada versus, I mean, you know, the United States. Yeah. Guys, so we got, or? uh, yeah, so in, in Alberta, there's a quota um, for for us in here. Um, so every zone has a quota for toms and females. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's, there's a lot of guys that are doing it. Not not a ton of guys that are, are really hunting mm-hmm. um, hard, but um, there's lots of guys that have some dogs, and they get out once in a while. And, and uh, but yeah, so it's, our season runs from uh, December 1st to March 31st. Okay. Um, unless the quota gets closed in that zone, then and then they get um, shut down for that zone. Um, we don't have a chase season or nothing like that. They okay. they've been working on that for a while, but it hasn't hasn't came through yet. Mm-hmm. Now, are your quotas pretty high? Like uh, like what's what's your stand? Like what's an average quota 
Uh, it's probably, usually it's about three to one or two females serving. Okay. Um, some of the zones, they get four or five toms, but not usually more than four. Um, okay. So it's usually about five to seven cats a zone serving. Mm-hmm. So if everyone but, went out and yeah, got, cats, you mean your season would get shut down pretty quick then? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, yeah, if you're going out to guide and kill a few cats here and there, you got to got to look into some different areas and stuff because, yeah, there's some of the zones more um, prone to people going in there a lot more that are just going out with their dogs and kill a cat here and there sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get closed up. There's a little bit easier hunting and, and a lot more cat density in those couple areas, but the quota still stays low. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Good deal. Now, like, so say if the lion quota got closed, are you, can you still hunt that zone for – Bobcat? So in Alberta, we actually don't have... The only thing that we can run... Alberta kind of sucks for uh, for hound hunting in general. Um, the only thing we can hunt in, in Alberta is uh, is lions. Okay. Um, we used to have bobcat season quite a few years ago, and uh, that got shut down. Um, but other than that, yeah, there's no other seasons for anything. Um, hunting coons, there's, there is a bit of a gray area. They say you can do it, but mm-hmm. at the same token, we can't hunt at night up here, so it doesn't work great hunting them in day. Okay. Now, what's BC like? Because you said you run the, you know, bobcats and lynx over there. Yeah, yeah. So we we can hunt bobcat and lynx and and black bears and lions out in BC in uh, some of the zones. Mm-hmm. So I I go out there and I uh, go to a couple different outfits, and then a couple of buddies of mine are out there, so. Okay. I usually load up a dog box once, once or twice a year, and go out and hunt with some buddies out there. Cool. And uh, yeah, so you can hunt lynx and bobcat out there in some zones, um, depending if there is anything in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the most of the zones are pretty easy. You can if you have a residency over there, then you can kill one of whatever a year sort of thing. Okay. Um, yeah. That's one I'm just not real familiar with. Canadian game laws and everything, you know. I've talked to enough people, yeah. you know, in Montana and Idaho and some other places that I I'm at least vaguely familiar with some of the western hunting here in the United States, but uh once you cross that border I'm like I'm lost. I don't know much. <laughs> other than I know you can other than the links thing cuz it's like you can't do that down here, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know BC is pretty well the only place that we can hunt them up here, with mm-hmm. dogs anyway. Um, and yeah, they're they're pretty tricky to hunt. You, you find out pretty quick if you have a good dog or not. If you can catch a lynx with dogs, they're, mm-hmm. they'll jump tree to tree for 100 to 200 yards Jeez. and lose your dogs. Like They're just they're just a different animal in, in a hole. Um, and yeah, like, <laughs> sometimes yeah, you'll have a real good lion dog and you'll take them out for lynx and it don't make a lynx <laughs> dog at all. Yep, I've heard the same thing about bobcats and lions. You know, just because yep. you've got a lion dog doesn't mean you have a bobcat dog. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Lions, lions are they're fairly easy to catch. Um, and bobcat, you have some days that <laughs> they can be pretty tough. Yeah. Um, they're definitely tougher than lions in general. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, lynx are there at a whole different level. It's just they're unreal. It's crazy. You would you would think that they would be more similar but yeah 
you know, especially you look at a Lynx and a Bobcat, and it's like they look relatively similar, a little bit of size difference, but not that much. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and they're they're smart. Like they'll they'll take you up into the thickest, deepest snow that you can they can find, and and just lose dogs. Like mm-hmm. uh, just tire dogs right out, and they're they're pretty smart. That's why another reason I started liking these Catahoulas. They're um, they're real tight lipped mm-hmm. uh, dogs on a track. Yeah. Um, until they get something real hot. Like if my female, if she barks on a lion track right off the, out of the gate. I know it's within an hour or two old. Okay. And she'll bark once or twice, kind of being like, yeah, let's, let's roll. And, and, uh, yeah. And then she'll go quiet again until she gets right up underneath that cat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works quite well on, on the bobcat links and stuff. Uh, cause yeah, they, they stay real quiet until they get right close. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then they start opening up and gives the cats a little less time to <laughs> think about how to jump tree to tree and, yeah. and run away from us. But <laughs> yep. I've heard that from some cur- different cur dog guys down here. You know, uh, guys will be squirrel hunting and, you know, you, they'll tree a bobcat in the day. And then it's like coonhound guys will go out that same night and the coonhound, you know, the bobcats just jump, keep jumping and jumping and jumping with the coonhounds. And it's like, for whatever reason, that silent dog just will pop right up a tree and sit there. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's pretty neat. Like, they hunt way differently than a coonhound. Um, they they love running wind and stuff on off a track, whether it's real hot or fairly cold. They they can they seem to still move it off the air a lot more than sticking their nose in the track. Yep. Um, and once in a while, you'll overshoot a track here and there, but once they get figured out, they my female she yeah she's real good dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched her overshoot a track here and there and she'll come right back as soon as she runs about 50 yards. She'll be like, she'll run back and pick up the track again and then slow it down a little bit and then peel out again when she gets a straightaway. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I know they're, they're real good at wind and stuff. Um, they're pretty good on bears. I, I started running them on bears here the last spring and, uh, quite, quite impressive, especially my male. Um, he, yeah, he is striking and stuff this, this spring and again this fall and uh yeah he's stuck into some pretty gnarly bay ups um yeah that's one thing i love about them is they just don't they don't give up they yeah. they can get beat on and and they're yeah. still in it like <laughs> they've been bred for um, generations to be hog dogs so i figured yeah they're, they're exactly gritty bay dog yeah yeah i know we had one big boar uh we caught up this this spring and uh where it is fresh into the spring. So most of our dogs are a little, little out of shape for running the big hills. And, and, uh, we had quite a bit of snow once you got off the road and, uh, yeah, so we were, we were looking for some bear and, and we got into some bear there up, up North BC. And, uh, yeah, there was a few times that our females would be sore and tired and so they'd stay in the box. And we had my stud and my good buddy stud dog and, and, uh, yeah, they, they're in there pretty well every bear race. And we had one, they walked the bear for about six, seven miles parallel on the road and uh, fighting and scrapping with them. And, <laughs> and we ended up getting in there with some extra dogs and, and got the bear um, running again. And and uh, I think they ran probably close to about 18 miles wow. that day chasing this bear up this big ridge. And, 
at one point we got two other dogs in to help him out and he broke up with his bear and and we were sitting in the cup block and uh we we're sitting about nine thousand feet of elevation Oof. and the dogs they climbed up and they're just a little over eleven. <laughs> Wow. And I looked at my buddies, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a nice long walk to get up there. But <laughs> they end up curling down and came running right past us. And, yeah, that bear, man, he had his Nikes on. He he ran and ran and ran, and he yeah. ran right past us and took back into the creek bottom. And and uh, we ended up pulling dogs off, and it was getting late in the day. So mm-hmm. figured he, he won that race this year. But <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Man, 9,000 and 11,000 feet. That's just – see – I, the past couple podcasts I've actually recorded, um, you know, one was with Nicholas Isaac and then uh, one was with um, Buddy and Jason from W. And Speaking of W Hunting Supply, go check out the new Tree Talking Time shirts at dusupply.com. It's under the Join the Fight and All Podcast Apparel tabs. You can select any color t-shirt or sweatshirt that DU has in stock with a white or black image you know talking about elevation stuff and i'm just like it boggles my mind thinking about like high elevations because where i'm at i live right by the coast right by the bay so like we're not very high above sea level here so you know talking about thousand and even you know the mountains around here they're nowhere near that you know at the appalachian mountains are you know nothing by comparison to the rockies and Nine thousand, eleven thousand feet, and I'm like, whew, crazy. Yep. Yeah, we get into some pretty, pretty steep stuff, and uh, yeah, me and my buddy were we were laughing one day. We were up there, and and uh, parts of BC they have this stuff, and it's same with Alaska. It's called Devil's Club, and uh, it's like a a big, basically a briar bush on steroids. It's it's just the nastiest stuff ever. About can be anywhere from 10 feet tall to foot off the ground and got big thorns on them and stuff. And they break off while you're walking through them. And it's just the most miserable stuff. And <laughs> you're trying to climb up some steep, steep hills and, and, uh, grabbing on to stuff, trying to pull yourself up there and, and end up grabbing a handful of that. And Oof. you're swearing and <laughs> wondering why you're up here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and here I thought yeah, Laurel but, and rhododendron thickets were bad. At least they ain't got a bunch of, th- big thorns yeah exactly <laughs> yeah crazy now the, the craziest places these dogs get us that's for sure oh yeah there's some country i've been in and and i've talked to other people have range road in there and stuff and i've gone to some spots way back in the hills that they didn't even know was back there and and yeah it's one of the things that i always love is the country that you see with these dogs it's it's unreal. You'd, you'd never go there in a million years if you didn't have a pack of dogs. Yep. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's God, it's pretty cool country up here where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, you got, yeah, everything. You drive about an hour east of here, two hours east, and you're hitting antelope, and you're right in sheep country, and, and oh, wow. uh, elk and moose and deer and cats and grizzlies and black bears. and Jeez. You got pretty well everything right close, so it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I was uh, a good friend of mine lives in Idaho, and when he was telling me about everything that was there, I was just like, "Sounds like a hunter's paradise out there." And uh, it sounds like yeah. you, you know you're just north of him, so yeah, no, exactly. 
yeah, I know it's pretty neat. And yeah, yeah, I know these Catahoulas, I've, I've really grown to love them a lot. They're, uh, they're just something different. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah they, they haven't, haven't given me anything to get, give them a bad name. That's for sure. They're, they're just tough and gritty and, and, uh, bike running. And yeah, they're, they're just a whole different dog. And, and, yeah. uh, yeah, after the first one, the guy I got her off of, he is, he's still running some dogs down south there. And I don't know where he's at right now, but yeah, he's, he's a crazy old guy. And, and, uh, first thing he told me is he's like, all these dogs, they got the brains of a cow dog and the nose of a hound and, and a bite of a pit bull. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's hung true pretty well for these dogs there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's something else. That's for sure. Now your mail, you said you got him from where, Iowa? Yeah. So is that like a cow dog breeding then or? Uh, he, the guy was breeding them. He had some dogs that kind of went everywhere with it. Um, he has quite a few dogs that he breeds down there. Um, and yeah, the parents, they weren't, they came from good working lines and stuff. And, and, uh, it was kind of shot in the dark. I knew some people that got dogs off them, okay. uh, out of that bloodline. And, uh, they turned out real well. And I brought him up here and yeah, he's, yeah, he's turned out real well. He's mm-hmm. real good cow dog, um, for the train I got into him and he'll work cows and sheep and, um, on bears and cats. And you could do all of it in one day if you really want to. And, and, it won't, he won't care whatever, whatever you want, he's going to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like they're, they're so gritty and, and so mean and, and, uh, so determined to do whatever they, their job is, but like they're, they can work a lamb and, and they're going to be nice with it and gentle and then yeah. they can go work some big old wild mean mountain cows and, <laughs> and, uh, tear into them and, and yeah, like they're, they're, they're just cool dogs. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I don't like, we had a bunch of kids here there for a little while. Mom was babysitting some kids for a while. And, and the youngest was like a year and a bit. And the oldest one was about four or five. And, uh, yeah, my female, she wasn't even a year old yet. And there she'd lay on, on the floor with them and they'd be pulling on her ears and pulling on her lips. And she just lay there and, <laughs> and just take it and yeah. <laughs> she don't care at all. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool how, how mean and gritty they can be, but at the same time they have a good off switch and can just hang out and <laughs> yep. don't have to be wired right up all the time. Yeah. Now, you know, like, especially your male dog, um, coming from more of, like I said, stock work lines. Um, how, how good of a tree dog is he? And, and how is your female? Um, my female, she, she won't bark unless it's there. Um, I've hunted with a few guys where we, I'm the only one of the cat who lives up here that run dogs that I, I go with. And, uh, yeah, one buddy of mine, he was, we were running and, and, uh, dogs are treeing and my cat, she wasn't barking at all. And I told him, I was like, I, I don't think it's up there. <laughs> and. <laughs> He's like, oh no, like the dog's barking. It should be there. And went in there and yeah, she, she wasn't barking and there wasn't nothing up there. It's like tree dust, <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's real good at finding stuff. Like she'll sit there and look at a tree and, and I've watched her go and sniff every single tree around where she lost that scent and, and find the exact tree it went up of. 
and uh, she'll sit there a little while before she starts barking, and and she'll watch and look at the tree and, and see if she can pick it out. Um, and same thing with my stud dog. He he's a real good tree dog. Um, he won't leave a tree. He'll sit there all day and and hug that tree. Um, and yeah, I've been I've been quite impressed with them with their treeing ability. Okay. Uh, they've been they've been real good with it, and yeah, I can flip it over and go and base something up too. And and yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Nah, I just that's one thing I've heard of, from other people that have tried catahoulas on on different tree game, and that's that's their biggest hang up is it's not that they can't work a track, it's they don't want to sit down and actually bark. And uh, yeah, so like that's where I know a few people um, that have tried them. You know, didn't stick with them because of that. So that's why I was curious is how how yours did. Yeah, yeah, I, I worked with mine a lot. Like, well, I worked with all my. I had some two and hound puppies I trained for a little bit as well, and I'd work with them. Same thing, but um, I'd get if we have a line up the tree, I'd get that line to move for them young dogs and and get them excited about looking up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's worked out with pretty good for me. And um, but yeah, they they'll sit there and they'll. <laughs> they'll pick a tree apart to make sure something's up there. So, yeah. Interesting. You know, I think we've made it this far in and, uh, I still have yet to ask you to introduce yourself. Did you introduce yourself? (laughs) I'm Lucas Carroll. I'm from uh, Southern Alberta. Um, 19 years old and been running dogs for three years now. We just got rolling in and I completely forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we need some good stories from you know running all these cats and bears, and I'm I'm sure you got, good. <laughs> you got some good stories. Yeah, I got a few good ones. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago, I we were hunting out west here and um, got into a big tom, and and uh, yeah, dogs are fighting with it on the ground, and uh, my catahoula she got beat up pretty good, and and her leg swelled up real bad and her one front leg and and so i got her home and cleaned her up and stuff and a couple of days later i guess two days later she still hobbled along on on three legs and and uh we're drive hunting again and she just riding along in the truck with me and we we're hunting and started a line race and dogs start curling started coming back across the road and the lion jumped in front of us so we jumped out and put a few more dogs in the race and <laughs> i left the door open to the cab and <laughs> Next thing I know, she shot out without a collar on or nothing. And I got back in the truck and realized she was gone and figured, well, she's probably up at the tree. And uh, they ran about another two and a half K or so, three K. And uh, got up and started treeing and walked in there. And yeah, she's sitting there on holding up one leg, sitting underneath that tree, just going nuts. And and uh, yeah, it just boggled me with yeah. <laughs> how tough she was about it. But um, yeah. I was one of them, and this when we were running bears in the spring there, we uh, we had one real good bear race, and uh, yeah, I think we had eight or nine dogs out, and uh, yeah, they were they were giving her on this bear, and and we were hunting in a different area, up, way up north this year, um, this fall, and a lot of it's old pine plantations, so most of the trees are all no bigger than 15 feet and uh you know a few old grove cuts and stuff but most of it's all little stuff so you get into some good bay ups and everything yeah. and 
yeah, we, we had one lead there fighting with it for a while and, and, uh, gone to an old grove and yeah, we got in there and, and the bear ended up swimming this big river and we had dogs all over the place. And, and, uh, as we we're coming back, there's, there's an old, there, we we're driving down this little cut line and, and, uh, yeah, there was a outfitter's tent there and, uh, dogs were right on this bear the whole time and, and fight with it and, we stopped at this guy's place and, and, uh, he jumps out the truck and comes over to us and he's like, what's going on? And we're like, oh, we're just chasing a bear. And he's like, oh, geez, I, I was wondering, it sounded like a freight train coming through here. And <laughs> <laughs> we're all, me and my buddies were all covered in mud and, and trying to get through, <laughs> just yeah. get back to the tent that night. But yeah, we've wrapped you up there. Yeah. You get them bait up on the middle of the gravel road and mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just the gnarly stuff, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, how's your season going I, this year? I started out pretty good. I caught seven lines in three days, um, right off the bat. Wow! And it was it was going good, and then having a bunch of truck problems right now. So <laughs> just finally got another truck started and and uh, got it rolling again. So gonna start hitting it again hard here pretty quick. We got deal. not great snow right now, but. We'll go start doing a little bit of partial dry ground anyway. There's there's not much snow in, in stuff that's here. It's pretty solid, all drifted in and everything. So okay. go start free casting some dogs and, and uh, get a few more put up here for the season. But, nice. Yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to do this like right before your cat season came in, and I think you were having truck problems then trying to get ready. Yeah, it was. I think the last time we were supposed to do this, I think I sunk one of my trucks half into the creek and had to get pulled out because my four-wheel drive quit on me. So. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew it was a truck issue. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things, especially up here. We got some pretty rough terrain and, and rough roads and stuff. And uh, yeah, we <laughs> you just run dogs until you have a truck issue, and then you have a truck <laughs> issue for a little bit, and then you run dogs again. So yep. good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lucas, unless you got some more stories, uh, that's a- oh, God, I don't got many on the top of my head right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's about all I got. But well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I thought I'd chat to you about some catahoulas. Yeah. No, not many people run them, especially on tree game. Yeah, especially big tree game and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I know they're. They're pretty neat little dog. I was excited when you reached out because, you know, I talked about a lot of the other curve breeds, and honestly, uh, because I don't know many people that run them on tree game, that's kind of why I glossed over them <laughs> and didn't really talk about yeah. them. So I was excited when yeah, you reached out. Yeah, I know there's very few and far between. I, I've started to see a few more people kind of using them or using Catahoula crosses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but up in Canada, there's, there's really no one uh, – there's one breeder out in Ontario that breeds pretty good Catahoulas, but they're they're mostly uh, cattle dogs. They're about 35 to 40, 50 pounds sort of thing. Um, and What's other than that, name? there's really no one that uh, J cross check Catahoulas. Yeah, yep, I've heard. And uh, yeah, and other than that, there's there's a few there's quite a few people that are breeding them now, but no one breeding working lines up here. It's all just for the pet population. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I've started to get, starting to get a few more good dogs up here. And 
start getting a few more good work and blood Catahoulas. Um, when I first got my first one, everyone, they, they're like, Oh, you shouldn't have got a Catahoula. Like good luck with that one. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pushed me to turn them into better dogs and stuff. But yeah. everyone up here just associates them with a dog. I'll just sit on the porch and, and not do much. So, okay. um, that's yeah, awesome no, that you got got some good ones and uh, proving everybody wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>